Welcome to Arpini. This is Saratoga Best. We are talking about the um, the transformation of the of the nature of nature. How do we call it? In the, the resetting, also of the nature of nature. The rebooting. The rebooting. Oh, I was already given the signal on outdoors, and everybody else can be out there. The rebooting of nature. So the question is, why is it necessary to reboot nature? And we said, past few days, Hashem created nature, God created nature to hide himself. That's great. Did he do a good job? Excellent. What was the point? So that he should be revealed. Aha. Okay. How can you be revealed by hiding yourself? I, you know, remember in the early days of Pegisha, People would come to their rabbi and they had just become, you know, started going to a Chabad house. And, and then at some point the rabbi would say, well, it's time for you to, you know, maybe think about getting married. And they were already observant and go to this Pegisha. And they said this Pegisha weekend, which was, you know, an encounter with Chabad weekend. They said, well, are there people there of the opposite gender? He said, no, 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 it's just, this is a girl's weekend. He said, well, huh, how, how am I going to get married by going to a girl's weekend? And so the answer was, the answer was, you do for God and God will do for you. But the, the and it was true. But the, the funny question is, well, wait a minute. So, if God wants to be fully revealed in this world, then why is he hiding himself? And so we, we know all the standard answers, you know, so first you can tell yourself, so they did it. But what we want to get away from is um, being so good with the buzzwords, and definitely I'm one of those people who is guilty of that, so good with the buzzwords that it doesn't really evoke anything in us anymore. And, and we want it to be a very... Um, a brand new experience that never happened before. Okay. So somehow we are going to find out, please God, today and tomorrow from the inside out. Tomorrow, tomorrow actually, I think we'll focus more on the idea of what is Gimel Kamos today. You know, in a different vein of nature, how the entity becomes the ally. But we want to get an inside out experience of so, one second, why do we need to reboot nature? Which doesn't just mean nature, you know, the big world. It also means me, my nature, my, my ideas. Why did we, my, 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 my lifestyle, why did we need to be rebooted this year? From Purim till, I mean, the whole year. But clearly rebooted from Purim till Shavuot. Why did we need that? Why did we need an interruption? Why did we need the plug pull? What is this all about? Can't you go to a higher, can't you go to a higher level by just going step by step by step? And remember what we're focusing on is the following visual. We have wandered, we, we just, we just, we've come out of slavery. And now that we've come out of slavery as a nation, we were born as a nation, came out of slavery in Egypt, 200 years, cooking in the boot camp of slavery. 
Now we're free to go. We're in the desert. We've left. We followed our chassan. We're the Kala following our chassan. A year later, we come to, or seven weeks later, sorry, we come to our Sinai. We receive the Torah. We receive the Torah. Everything has to be rebooted. And then from the Torah, from receiving the Torah, the next step is, now you bring it down into a real lifestyle. Bring it down into a real lifestyle. I heard, by the way, from Rabbi Friedman last night, a whole story about a football player, very much a non-Jewish football player, who says that he learns Torah as much as he can all the time and he likes to hang around Jewish people. He said, you know the truth. This is the true way to live. Learning the Torah is... This is the this is the way that everybody should be living. You know, he's a football player. He's not, you know, a big philosopher. This is the this is the way that everybody should be living and I try to study the Torah as much as I can and I really like to be around Jewish people because you've got the system. So here we come to after after our boot camp, we're given the system. It's not only a system, we're given the connection, we're given the tools. We're given we're 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 given the ability to, I'm afraid to say the words because they'll just, um, uh, because it won't be a fresh experience, but for us, we want to think, our, think to ourselves, what, were, what, did ha- what happened to us when we stood at Mount Sinai when we received the Torah? All the, I guess, all the barriers between everything were pulled out. All the impossible became possible. Now this very, very low physical world doesn't have to remain a low physical world anymore. This physical world where God hides himself, he does a perfect job, an excellent job of hiding himself. This world where he hides himself really, really, really well, now he won't have to hide himself anymore. It was, it was a very strong rule. He has to be hidden. And then he says, well, no more. You guys can change everything. Okay. So then, okay, where do we go from here? Take it into an everyday lifestyle. You're going to go into the lines of Israel. How long does it take to get there? 11 days. Great, let's go. Yeah, but wait, guys. You don't quite get what you have to do in those 11 days. You have to become totally different people. It's not just, you know, take a few naps for 11 days and you know, hang out at the sushi shop and do all of that. And when the 11 days are are over, you wake up and you're there. No, it's it's an intense 11 energy. If you can do it, let's go. If you can't do it, if you're not up to it spiritually, it's a huge mega jump. So if you're not up to it spiritually, we can do it the 40-year way. You know, step by step by step. You'll integrate this new reality of realizing that you're the center of, you know, your, your, your partners in creation and, and all the old rules are off. All the old rules of, you know, this world can't be a holy place. That's all off. So anyway, we know that we took the 40 year journey, but wait, okay. So now that's a bit of an introduction getting distracted by the noises in this physical world, in the alleyway. This My alleyway outside of my house is a perfect example of this lowest physical world. <laughs> it needs to be transformed. 
So let's look into these two things again. So a little bit we're sensing. The nature of nature has to be transformed. Stop hiding God. Start revealing God. Why? Because otherwise we are going nowhere in life. Fact. As long as we live in a world where God is concealed, we're constantly chasing our tail. As he was saying last night, Rabbi Friedman, kind of, we got it about the physical world. And we're getting it really quickly. It's not going to satisfy you. The physical world, let's say, let's, pick, let's picture two physical worlds. One is God is concealed. One, the other one is God is revealed. And then look at the people. I just want you to see this visually. In the physical world where God is concealed, people are grabbing, eating. Um, they're desperately grabbing at everything they can get out their hands on. The physical world is full of a lot of delights, a lot of good stuff, a lot of stuff. Every flavor of ice cream and every shade that you can paint your house and every you know, I don't have to tell you. And picture this visual of in the physical world where God is concealed, all of the, I don't want to call them delights, but all of the goodies, like being in this big, you know, I don't know, whatever, Saks Avenue and today's free day, go and take whatever you want it. You know, which we were saying that was happening a couple of weeks ago on the streets of America. Go into any store that you want. It's not that the store owner said that, but somehow the people decided, hey, guys, this is the time to go in to any store that we want and help ourselves to anything we feel like helping ourselves to or whatever else is left if your friend didn't help himself to. And it's an interesting phenomenon. Okay, it's, you're not allowed to do it. It's a crime. It's an affair. It's a sin. It's not. We, we know that. It's, we want to... It's interesting that it happened. I mean, interesting is a funny word. It's really the exemplification of. It's a visual of all of us living in the physical world. Okay, we're trying to live a moral life. We're, We're trying to stay legal. This was an illegal activity, although it was an illegal activity that was made legal in those few days. You know, the authorities who were standing there just turned the other way, as if to say, today is, it's legal. <laughs> Go ahead. Again, we're not, we're not concentrating on who did it and what they did and, and, and what stores they went to, but the existential idea of, just picture this visual, because it's so, it's so, picture this visual. We live like that all the time in this physical world where God is concealed. There's so much stuff available, and we're grabbing it, and we're grabbing it, and we're grabbing it, and we're stuffing it in our pockets, and we can never be satisfied. It doesn't fill us up. Like you go into the, you know, well, I have my cherry tree right now in front of my house. I wish people would come and pick the cherries, but imagine if you're grabbing all the cherries and stuffing them into your pocket. And it just, it doesn't give a sense of satisfaction. Why not? Because the only thing that will satisfy a human being is the spark of godliness, the viralakim, truly, that's within the world, that's the only part that will satisfy us. Which is why we keep grabbing more stuff, thinking we'll get some satisfaction. And it doesn't satisfy us. 
a, a world that it feels empty, where God is so concealed that we don't see him, just makes us crazier. The more stuff we have, the crazier we get. The more dissatisfied we get, the more stuff we have. Or vice versa. The more stuff we acquire, the more dissatisfied we have, we become. Now, leave that visual. Picture the visual of the world of Geula. God is totally revealed. The tiniest bit is satisfying. All you need is one drop and have the whole thing. As it says in Chassidus, when you touch the essence, you touch the whole thing. You know, Rev. Meir Abbasera Elavashalem, he used to say the following. He said, in Morocco, he said, over here, no matter how much food you have, it's not enough for people. It's not enough for people, no matter how much food you have. In Morocco, he said, we would have one small pot for Shabbat. One small pot. And many, many people in the house coming to the house. Many guests, many, 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 many people coming to eat from this pot. And you know what? This small pot fed and satisfied Everybody. Everybody. And he said, and here in America, no matter how many pots you have and how big the pots are and how much fancy stuff is in the pot, it does not feed or satisfy the crowd. So this is, this is, and he was sort of exemplifying, bringing out this concept of in a world where you don't you don't, it's where God is totally concealed and he's concealed from you, no matter how much you have, you can't be satisfied. In a world where God is revealed to you, you need one dot and you've got the whole thing. It's so potent. It's so potent. You'll say, okay, let everybody else take the rest. I have what I need. I feel deeply grounded and satisfied and full and full of life. And this is a deeply satisfying feeling. So, that's why nature has to be rebooted, because, and that's probably why nature has to be rebooted. We had to go through this reboot of the plug being pulled on the world since Purim in this year of eight above nature, because the world, every day the world, we have more stuff. And every day, the more we, the more stuff we got, and the more uh, expanded and full of stuff the world got, the less satisfied we were. It was in inverse proportion. The more you have, the less you feel. And it got worse and worse and worse. People were down to empty, just feeling emotionally and spiritually just totally empty. Just where do I go from here? What kind of crazy, insane things can I get into now to try? Maybe something will do it. Okay. So with now, so that's a bit of an idea of why the, na- why the nature of nature has to be transformed. Okay. So now let's look into the Sikha. The Sikha is saying, okay, let's, let's look at the idea of Yeshua making the sun stand still. Shemesh the Givandai in the year 2488. What was the whole purpose of the miracle? The purpose The, the purpose of the miracle was not to break the laws of nature. 
because in most things, but rather this this miracle, by the way, of Shemesh Bishimandan, of, of Yeshua stopping the sun when we were fighting the war, fighting the war to get into the land of Israel. We needed a miracle to help us with our war, but it's also connected with nature. The interesting thing was, even in this war, when Hashem said, I will even fight this war for you, there's still, it had to be in nature. I, this just brings up an interesting point that I want to bring in this. There are two ways that we can approach life. One is, I'm doing what I'm doing. Life is hard, but God will help me. And the other approach is, in other words, I'm running the world. I'm doing what I have to do, and I'm going to ask God for help. And surely he'll help me. The other approach is, wait a minute, God's doing the whole thing. Let me ask him if he needs any help. It's a vastly different approach. We're going to leave it to a different time, but it's a vastly different approach. I'm doing it. He's doing it. Let me ask him what he wants me to do now that he's doing the whole thing. Here, the Sith is saying, even this war that was done in a natural way, it was really his war, not our war. So to speak, we had to ask him, what should we do? Okay, make the sun stand still. Okay, now fight over here, go over here, go into this cave, stand outside here, throw a spear over here, do this here, do that, do this war tactic. Do this now at this point. These are the marching orders. But essentially, God is saying, I will take care of it. I am taking care of it. In fact, I always take care of everything. You, you just come along and help me out. You be a part of it, but, but I'm taking care of everything. So, and, but your part is work in nature. Work in nature. So if he's running the whole show every single minute, always, and, and he gives me jobs in this whole thing so that I can be a partner with him. But essentially, he's doing it. So he gives me jobs in – where does he give me jobs? He gives me jobs in the world of nature. He gives me natural jobs. Like if you want to get into the, the house, put the key in the door <clears throat> and, or do, put the combination and turn the doorknob. He gives me jobs in nature. That's a job. You know, put the key in the door. Turn the doorknob. Push the door open. These are jobs in the world of nature. For me to transition from, he's running the whole world? Wow, I always thought I was running the whole world. Seriously? I always thought I was running the whole world. And I asked him for help. He said, who told you that? Seriously? You thought you were... For me to transition to realizing... He's running the whole world, which means, by the way, I don't have to worry. Huh. It's an amazing piece of information. I actually, if I really take it very seriously, I don't have to worry. But he's going to give me all these jobs in nature. The whole thing about me and nature and my relationship with nature and my jobs in nature, I have it on too uh, gullistic a level. I really have it in a way that I'm not getting it. We need to redo our whole relationship with nature. I'm not getting it. I still think I'm running the world, quite honestly. I still think that if I don't make the soup, there will be no soup on the stove. Period. Fact. If I don't make the soup, there will be no soup. And God asks, are you sure? 
to do make the soup if I don't make the soup. And somebody else, there's nobody else here to make the soup. You sure? Said that's the way I'm used to living. He said, yeah, I know. Well, you interested in the, the refreshing, reboot, re, rebooting the page? You know, press F5 and it refreshes the page and you get a whole new page. Then we should, you know, call this year, press F5 and refresh the page. Because that's what Hashem is saying. With Shemesh Bidiv Undone, we're going to press F5. We're going to refresh the page. And we're going to have a whole different relationship with nature. For all the reasons. Number one, it's, why should, why should I have a different relationship with nature? Number one, it's depleting me emotionally. It's making me more and more and more and more unsatisfied. It's making me more and more and more empty. Number two, it's, it's, it's not allowing the ultimate kavana of God wants to be here fully revealed. Number three, a whole bunch of stuff. The whole, everything that's all put together, the old way won't work. Do we notice that people were rioting on the streets a couple of weeks ago saying the old way won't work? It doesn't matter what they were referring to as being the old way. They were saying the message, the old way is no longer going to work. We need change. Remember in the 60s? The old way is no longer going to work. We're not going to claim that everybody who's marching and protesting, they have the basis Nakuda. Maybe then their whole conversation isn't, they didn't quite get it right. But that instinct that the old way isn't going to work. We have to redo nature. Yep. So therefore, back to 2488 with Yeshua coming to the land of Israel, and he stops the sun, he stops all of nature. The miracle was not one that completely um, took away the possibility of war from us. In other words, it, sorry, let's say it like this. There were times when we were facing our enemy, an enemy, and Hashem would say, don't worry, I will take care of it. And what would happen? We would go to sleep. The whole army, our army would go to sleep. There would be a massive Frightening sound in the enemy camp. The enemy camp would all become terribly frightened, and they would all run away. And that was the end. I forget which war that was later on in history. And that was it. They were frightened. They ran away. We didn't have to do anything. We just had to trust God. I think it was with some Harris. Maybe. We just had to trust God. Okay. This was not that kind of a war. You go to sleep. I'll get, I'll scare them, they'll run away, and you just walk right in. This was not that kind of a war. Those kinds of wars happened, and there's, and we have many pieces to how we have to, we do this to conquer the world. Right now, at, in this 2488 piece of this that we're talking about with Yahshua, the war is, no, no, you guys take, do all the stuff you do in a normal war. The preparation the victory was through Shemesh Bidiv Undone. Stopping the sun. Stopping, the, stopping all of the, the constellation. But this is not what made the victory. In other words, oh, I get it. How do we win the war? You know, Yoshua made the sun stand still. Yeah, that's what made the victory. No, it was a piece of it. It was a very complex thing. All of this that we're saying, it's not a story about long ago, Gimel Tamaz was, we need to know what Gimel Tamaz was, and so 
It's a story about today. What's happening in our streets today? Why did we sit in our homes after Purim? Why, why, what are we going to be doing the rest of the year? Where are we going from here? We're in the year of Tufshin and Pei. We, we've reached, we've reached the, we're out of the years of 5770, 5771, 5772. We're out of the years of seven. We're now into the decade of eight. Eight is above nature. Eight is, eight is a totally miraculous thing. But this is clearly a year in which all of the unbelievably above nature miraculous tools that God has in his tool chest, he's saying, hey, guys, you think this year I'm just going to flip to see, you know, and do all these amazing showy miracles? No. You think we've come this far just to do that? We are here to put all of that into nature so that every single piece of your life becomes totally miraculous. You know, like Bionic Man. Everybody knows that pretty soon, how many years will it be? 10 years, 20 years? You'll be able to order on Amazon uh, an extension to your arm so that now you can lift a car with no, no, you know, and and you can, you know, lift up if you need to move the kitchen table and you, you need to move the couch to the other room. So you'll order this thing on Amazon and you'll and it'll give you this special energy in your arms. And you just lift up, lift up the couch and move it to the other room. Everybody knows that. Ten years, twenty years, five years, I don't know, whatever it is. You'll become bionic man. You'll be able to do miracles. And it will be embedded in, you see, it's not just going to be like the tzaddikim of old. Like, like the Nasi Hadar who does that. Like Yeshua. You'll have to start, make the sun sense of it's going to come through a, a thing that you order on Amazon. It's going to be so naturally embedded in the world that you can be fooled and think that it's not a miracle. Thirty years ago, we could have said one day, I'm going to say this, I do remember going to the New York concert in, in, in Queens, driving all the way from Montreal to come to Queens to go to the World Fair. The World Fair. And... Um, and they had all these, they had all these exhibits that were so wild, that were so completely wild, including the Clairol exhibit, their pavilion where they had these telephones where you could actually. <laughs> it was a landline though. They didn't picture it. It was a landline with a receiver, and on the landline they had a little circle where you could actually. It sounds so ridiculous to say enough you could actually see the person that you're talking to as you're talking. We we couldn't get enough of going there. We, and they said, yeah, this is going to be in the future. And we were laughing. We were hysterically laughing. You can actually see. How can you possibly see the person you're talking to on the phone? We weren't born yesterday. You don't, when you're talking on the phone, you don't see the person. We were just rolling on the floor laughing. He said, yeah, one day. And actually it never happened because the landline never <laughs> never got that picture thing. But well, I don't have to tell anybody. So all of these miracles, it just all of these miracles became just basic nature. So thirty years ago we could have said, Oh, there'll be a day when you can go to the store and get a new telephone and you'll be able to see 
you'll be able to see the person you're talking to, just like the Clairol exhibit in, at the at the World's Fair in Queens, New York, in Flushing Meadows, New York. Oh, come on, that's crazy. That's never going to be Bubba Mises. So we have to understand that everything that today feels like Bubba Mises, it'll be basic. It'll be basic. You'll have an app on your phone. You'll a plus plus. You won't have a phone anymore. It'll be in your head. You'll be bionic man. You name it. Nature will be fully miraculous. But the miracle part will be that we will know how to deal with it. Because as long as nature becomes more and more miraculous, but nature is still concealing God, then we're just given, being, being given more stuff to create more insanity, more insanity and more corruption in the world. It's also called Masha Barakadish Barfu. We'll get to it in a minute. Why does God want nature to be so miraculous? Why does he want me to be able to see the person that I'm talking to? Why does he want me to be able to order something on Amazon so that I can lift the couch and put it in the other room with my own, with my own hands and arms? Why? 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 Why does he want that? That's the question. Why does he want that? So again, so going back to that war in 2488, which is beginning this whole thing, says that after that, here you go, Yeshua is making the sun stand still. So now a whole night is luminous. The darkness becomes light. With what? The light of the sun. And then what happens? Yeshua and the Jewish people have to continue the war in the regular way that wars are done. No, pursuing the enemy and all the stuff. Continuing the war. Very natural. There was hail coming down and this and that and find out where they are and they look for you and you look all the stuff of war. And we can say that the miracle itself, Shemesh Begivanda, making the sun stand still, was in a way that it's connected with all the constellations, we said, and that it didn't just stop the sun, but it stopped all of the constellations um, that are connected with that. Stopped all of nature. That's what we've been saying. And, and in Chassidus, it says in Sharamila, etc., that when Yahushua said these words, Shemesh begivon dain biareach be'emet ha'elon, sun in givon stands still. He didn't really say, he didn't say stand still, but we say it in English. And moon in Amit Elon stand still. Actually, he, he said, maybe we'll deal with it at a different state. He didn't say stand still. He said be silent. But we say it in English. He said sun stand still, moon stand still. He made them stand still by silencing, by silencing their voice, but we'll leave that for now. By step, by Stopping the the movement of the sun and the moon. What does he stop? What do they do when they're moving? What exactly? Why would he have? Okay, let's let's look into it now. Why why did he make them? Why did he say Shemesh Begivan done? Sun stop. Be silent. Be silent from what? Well, here's the thing. The sun and the moon, but especially the sun, the sun moves very quickly. 
very, 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 very quickly. It's able to do a whole cycle around, you know, billions of miles, light years, whatever it is, in one day, every single day. Why does it do it? That it's tremendous, it's showing its tremendous love and bittle to Hashem, to God. It, it has enormous power. To travel that fast and every single day and make the route, do the route every single day and then start again, but at such a speed, takes enormous power. Enormous power. Billions of miles every day. Very fast. When it's doing that, it's bowing. It's bowing to Hashem. It's, it's acknowledging its source and it's honoring where the real power is. It's not me, the sun. How do you have all this energy? What do you mean? It's not me. God gives me the strength to travel around in a, a, a 24-hour cycle every single day incredible, incredible speed and shine this incredible light every single day. He's the one who's doing it through me. It's my clip. I'm not doing it. I'm incredible. He's incredible. If for one second, the moon understands, if for one second, God would say, that's it. I wouldn't be able to do it anymore. So it has this tremendous bittle and powerful bittle to Hashem. So now that's the good news. That means that nature, nature plays these two games. Nature has these two faces. On the one hand, it's like, yeah, is there a God, really? Where do you see a God? A tree is a tree, okay? There's no God in the tree. That's one way that nature speaks. On the other hand, its true conversation is, wow, I would not exist. I would not be able to do anything if God weren't doing it. It's not me, it's him. So nature has these two conversations. And remember, these two conversations have everything to do with my, me and you. Because as long as I am living as, with that conversation of nature that, hmm, this is God. What are you talking about? That's me. I get emptier and emptier and emptier and emptier in my life. Emotionally and spiritually. just drains me. And when I'm able to step into that conversation of nature that says, what do you mean? it's not me, it's God doing this. I get fuller and fuller and more grounded and more satisfied and more in tune and more nurtured and more nourished and all of that and more alive, etc. So Yeshua came along and in order to stop this huge movement of the sun, and its tremendous act of bowing down to God. That's what it does. It is, as it is, as it is moving around the 24-hour cycle, it's bowing to Hashem. It's bowing to God. It's bowing to Hashem. It's doing another thing. It's singing Shira. So that's its movement. It's moving. It's bowing and singing, singing praise to God. So God comes, so Yeshua comes along and says, stop singing. Be silent. And he's the Nasi Hadar. He's the the Nasi of the generation. If he says it, he has power over nature. Nature has to listen to him. So it has to stop. 
and it stops singing. It's a package deal for the sun. When the sun stops singing, it starts, it stops moving. It, it moves and sings. It's one, it's one, you know, it's one package. When it's, it's singing, singing, moving, balance, singing, moving, down, singing, moving, down. You make it stop singing, it stops bowing and moving. That's the way it goes. They all, they're, they all work together. You turn off one button, you turn them all off. And so it's interesting that instead of saying stop moving, never, the sun is doing three activities, singing, bowing, moving. It's interesting that he said stop singing instead of stop moving or stop bowing. Why? I don't know. I would have to look it up in the footnotes. Okay, what, what we said. As long as he, the sun is quiet, he's not moving, she's not moving, it's not moving, and every single moment it's, um, it's movement is connected with singing praises to God. Okay, so Yahshua came along and said, okay, we're going to stop the hashpa to the nations of the world. There's a flow from this sun, from these constellations, to the nations of the world. The very nations of the world that we're fighting a war against. I mean, who are these nations? You know, the guys in the land of Canaan. A cake, a Canaaniva, Priziva, Girgashiva, Yavusiva. Seven nations, ten nations. They're all there. This is the battlefield. It's all of them, the world of nature, and all of us, and us, the world of the godly world, the world of truth. We're the world of truth. We're the world of, of falsehood. Boom! Face-to-face confrontation, the year 2488. Sun is up, and it has to be stopped. They're getting a flow. Our, the other nations representing the world of lies, they're getting tremendous flow from the constellations. That's how they live. They get the flow. That's why they bow to the Vajazara, bow to the sun and the moon and the stars. They get, to, they don't bow to it for nothing. They get their flow. Yeshua understands. He doesn't make this up on his own. He understands this is the pivotal war. The core-to-core confrontation between truth, us, representing truth. We just received the Tyra. And we're bringing Tyra into a real, a living Tyra into the land of Israel. We're going to settle Tyra into a lifestyle. So we're carrying the Sefer Torah across the Jordan River into the land of Israel to create a lifestyle out of this Tyra. Not just a scroll, not just Torah scrolls, not just tablets, but a lifestyle out of this Tyra. And then there are all these guys living in the land of Canaan and they're like, a lifestyle out of Torah. These guys, really? <laughs> you don't belong here. This is a physical world. You can't make a lifestyle out of Torah in a physical land. Where, where, where do you think this stuff up? So we have to fight with them. So no, no, no. We, we, God wants it. And they say, well, God is right. Can't. The world. That's it. You're not bringing a Torah. You're not making Torah into a lifestyle. You're not making godly living into a lifestyle. Give it up. But no, no, we can't give it up. So here we are. We come face to face with them in this war. 
and we need to win the war. Why? Because God needs to win the war. Why? Because truth needs to win the war. Why? Because otherwise, what are we, what is the whole world here for? Other than for it to become a place of truth. Living Torah in an everyday lifestyle for every single Jew, every single non-Jew in the entire world, and the whole land of Israel expands to fill the entire world. That's the battle that's being fought at that moment with Yeshua. You know, it's like, you just have the little blurb. You know, Yeshua was doing this and this and this. Read more, and then you have to click to read more. So we're telling the story. So what's the more to the story? This. It's a battle for all of history. It's a battle for Gullah to Geula. So in this battle, number one, the forces of untruth, non-truth, they're getting a lot of flow. Good. Pull the plug on them. Got it. That's one reason. Pull the plug because truth will not be able to infiltrate this place unless the world of lies has enough energy to kind of win the battle. So pull the plug. Make the sun stand still. And then they have no more hushbosh. Just for a few hours, whatever those few hours are all about, just for a few hours, boom, we go in, we fight the war in a natural way. We're infusing the nature of the earth, of the land of Israel, with truth, with godly truth in those hours. And there's clearly way more to this encounter in those night, that one night of Gimel Tamas than I can explain. We'll have to figure it out over the, whatever, maybe we'll figure it out over the next 24 hours. But it's a huge core to core truth to untruth confrontation that will set the stage for all of history. And and I'm saying we keep focusing on it because it is being redone on the streets of America and in the political system right here, right now. This is the same battle of Yeshua, making the sun stand still. Same battle. Same thing happening. So, as I said, this the something that I haven't seen in months. The bus to the aisle just passed by my house. It always passed by my house at 1030 or something like that. So, obviously, or after 10 o'clock. So, here we go again. Bus to the aisle. So, the plug was pulled. Now we're reactivating the world. I see that. We see that. So, what are we getting from this battle? So, um, somehow we won the war by pulling the plug on the, the hashba that they got from above. Their spiritual source had to just be stopped for a few hours. I'm not sure why, so that we could get our foot in the door and make enough um, inroads into the victory of truth so that it could then continue. And according to this, we can say, sorry, also, stopped everything. We said that. But I guess the question is, why make the sun be silent and not sing praises to God? Why does that stop the whole thing? I don't know. So now, with all of that in mind, one more piece. It's the same thing with the Gimel Tamas in the time of the previous Rebbe. The Geulas of Gimel Tamas. It was also, you have there, and we'll do it more tomorrow, you have there 
on Gimel Tammuz, the world of truth in the guise of the of of, of the previous Rebbe facing the worst of the communist regime, which maybe once upon a time had some kind of um, connection to truth, and some people who started the system really meant it. With you know, with they were lishma and they they had a pure they had a fairly pure intention, but it corrupted so easily that it became the whole communist regime became everybody knew everybody in it everybody knew that it was totally corrupt. It wasn't based on truth. And so as we'll continue tomorrow, when they saw the previous rebbe and he's standing for unadulterated truth, which he will not back down from. The battle that Yeshua fought was reenacted again on Gimel Tammuz. And then again, every year, now our Gimel Tammuz, the battle is reenacted again. Okay, something is wrong because I just heard the thing say call recording is on. All participants are unmuted. You wanted to turn it off. Now the question is, did that last piece get recorded? Right. You heard it say call recording is on. That means you didn't do it before. Oh, boy. Possible. Hmm. That was good. Um, let me see. I say no. Yeah, because it sums up the whole thing. Yeah, because I'm thinking back and I heard. You sure you speak? You sure you speak? Yes, I heard call recording is on now, but I didn't. Okay, so, um, a little bit we uh we uh did record we didn't record um our last piece, which summed it all up, and then we spent our spent our time talking about whether we did or we didn't record so we're gonna sum this all up by we're, tomorrow we'll we'll take it to the next step we're gonna sum it all up by saying that um here's an example of the world of nature being uh you know a recording mechanism. The world of nature fighting, fighting very hard to not necessarily um, promote truth in the way that it needs to be promoted. And we're saying, as Dr. Zev Zelenko said a few day, a few weeks ago, over medical issues that are being debated in our country about the virus and how to cure the virus. The world of lies is about to explode, and and the world of truth is about to come out. Until now, nature, exemplified by those nations in the land of Canaan, stood strong, trying to promote the idea that the world of lies is the real thing. And Gimel Thomas comes along to say no. The world of truth is the real thing. And we were sent 
in those moments to fight that, those representatives on their, on their level, in their way, with their same tools in, in their turf. We weren't sitting and learning my mom and they were fighting. We were doing what they were doing. We were there in the trenches with them, battling it out because something has to be cracked open because the very same physical world, which was designed by God to, to look like there is nothing other than what you see in your eyes. Its deepest desire is to be done with that job, as I think, I don't know if it was recorded or not. I said, imagine you, you know, you sign up for a job, you're a plastic chair, and you go to Mo- Moses, my and you say, I want a job as a plastic chair. He says, Okay, what's your message to the world? Is there a God or not? And you say, no. He says, good, you get the job. This world that was created at the beginning to conceal God, there's a fine print at the bottom of your contract that says your job is only limited for a limited amount of time. After a certain amount of time, you have to switch sides. And use the very same plastic chair that's on sale that everybody's coming to get. You, what do you have to do now? You have to start declaring the truth about God, that there is nothing to you other than God, and there's nothing to the plastic chair other than God. You're going to switch sides radically, and maybe in an, a wild way, and maybe what we see is happening on the streets now is this radical, wild shift from falsehood to truth. We don't see yet how that's all we see is we see wildness on the street. That part we got. How does this being shifted over from falseness to truth? Well, everybody's saying we want truth and justice. Got it. All the other pieces don't sync up. But God has a master plan. And this whole switch over from I have to deny God to I have to sing the praises of God like the sun. And you could say that the praises of God that the sun was singing all of these generations, it was silenced. It was silenced by the nations. We Jewish people were the only voice that kept on singing the praises of God in that way, Tyrus Ennis, and everybody tried to silence us. Not, everybody tried to silence us. So we'll come to the point, and it, may it be immediately now, that that silencing of the voice of truth is no longer silence, and the truth screams out from every rooftop, from every firecracker, from every demonstration, from every person on the street, from every movement, from every this, from every that, from every wild, explosive energy that the truth of Hashem Echad, Echad, should jump out and be, be screamed out from the rooftops of every plastic chair and everything. We should find ourselves, and this is the essence of Jim Thomas, and we should find ourselves before this Jim Thomas in the Columbus especially.